Good morning. Please pray with me now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Apostle Paul gave much advice in his letters to the early Christians as they tried to live together in the way of love. These early groups often had difficulties that may be familiar to us, and much of his advice rings true for us today. There are exceptions, though, such as his direction that women remain silent in church. (laughs) The verses from Paul's letter to the early Christians in Rome that Kate read are a litany of advice for living in the way of God. These words seem basic, timeless, and as difficult to follow now as they were for the early Christians in Paul's time. There is much to aspire to here. Let love be genuine. Outdo each other in showing honor. Extend hospitality. Leave vengeance to the Lord. Overcome evil with good. Yes, yes, yes to all of those, and then the question, how? For today, let's focus most closely on showing honor. I'm reminded of a song Rebecca Koenigberg teaches the children in our sacred art camp, our study of world religions through the arts. The lyrics include, The light in me sees the light in you. The light in me sees the light in you. I honor you as you honor me. These words are from the Buddhist tradition and along with the gesture of bowing with hands folded are visible pledges to honoring each other Honoring another is built on many foundational values of our Christian tradition and story also. Think of all the examples of Jesus showing honor to a short, despised man in a tree, to a sick and rejected woman who touched his garment, and on and on. It is at the heart of genuine love and of the great commandment to love one another. Honoring seems to begin with noticing, actually seeing someone in the quickly moving frames of our lives with so many distractions. It is a matter of time, of taking time. Honoring seems a matter of intention and generosity of individuals and communities, of connection and hospitality. And I am sad to say in the greater culture, it is often the exception, 
not the rule. David Brooks, a conservative political and cultural commentator many of you know, in a powerful article for The Atlantic, recently explored how Americans became so sad, so alienated, and so mean. In How America Got Mean, Brooks describes the loss of moral standards in education, the loss of gathering in community, the loss of gestures, of language, once habits to convey honor. All of these losses seem to imply that in general and broadly, we Americans just don't care about each other anymore. We don't see or know or honor each other, at least not often enough. It seems for many of us, along the way to somewhere else, we decided not to stop and even acknowledge someone, much less have a conversation. We decided not to join a group. We decided not to be curious and open-minded. We decided not to listen. And just like that, meanness found a place in our society and began to grow. Granted, there are other contributing factors at play, but these choices cannot be overlooked. Pastor Clover often talks about the thing under the thing, and it seems important to think about that now. What is the thing under all those choices we have made, all those tears we have made in the fabric of our lives? Here again, much has been written. In a pulled-back, 3,000-foot view, my thoughts go to a belief in scarcity as the thing. We, the American public, can find ourselves routinely believing that there just isn't enough of anything to go around. There is not enough money, love, time, and the race is on. We can find ourselves determined to individual goals, determined to get our share of the limited and terrified that we will fail. Fear upon fear. Those tears in our society can grow as we race, and they have. The commentary on the state of our country sometimes even sounds like we are at war. We are fighting for fill-in-the-blank. The, again, fill-in-the-blank, is being weaponized. And the race course of meanness is set. The lines are drawn. The competition is on for a field of lonely, exhausted, fearful runners. 
Now, this may not be your life or not always your life, but is common enough in American lives to be written about often. Next question. How then do we live faithfully? How do we live and move and have our being as children of God? Brooks quotes the late Iris Murdoch. She was an Irish-British novelist and philosopher, and she said, we grow by looking. What an interesting prescription for these times. Look. Look at the people and places of your days. Notice. Engage, if even for a moment, in wonder, in kindness, in acknowledgement of the nearby. Be fascinated by the visual, as artists have been through time. On the cover today is a place that Van Gogh looked at and painted in appreciation. This is a wheat field in France, one of so, so many as to probably go unnoticed by most who passed it especially if they were in a hurry to get somewhere else. That may be an honest hindrance to this remedy. Looking takes time. Maybe time we do not believe we have. I want to share an experience with you that I had this summer because it seems to speak in some way to this idea of time taken. As many of you already know, I was in a serious, not serious, car accident in July. It involved someone running a very late red light and crashing into my car and the one beside me. It was serious because three vehicles were a total loss and not serious because no one was hurt. We all emerged from our somewhat mangled metal exoskeletons, mentally stunned and physically fine. So let me further set the scene. It occurred at 7.45 a.m. on a Friday, and we all know what many in our culture are doing at that time of day, racing to get somewhere on time. And if it is an 8 o'clock start, panic may be setting in. Many are driving alone, sort of like bowling alone, alone with little connection, community, even awareness, as we trust the lines on the street and the colors at the intersections. Sometimes we aren't looking beyond those, and on occasion we may even accomplish some mean traffic moves, mean traffic gestures, 
we could confess that we have at least witnessed. <laughs> it is not a venue of often feeling like we are in this together. We are in a competition against time, and we are in each other's way. Sound right? So that was the setting at 7.44 a.m. that morning. And then the crash a minute later, the car in the air, the car on its top, the loud, screeching, banging sounds of damage, followed by complete and utter stillness and quiet, no movement. For maybe a nanosecond before that setting we were in at 7.44 was completely denied. People, so many people looked and literally sprung out of their cars to help. There were people everywhere, asking, helping, talking, listening, calling, hugging. In an instant, the intersection at 31st and York became a temple of honor. So far from meanness, so far from competition and divisions among us, a spontaneous community happened. Connection and caring became the priorities for a gathering of absolute strangers. I once heard a rebuttal to the saying, crisis brings out the best in people. It was, a crisis brings out what's true about people. A young woman came up to me immediately. She asked if I was okay. She gave me a hug, and then probably seeing the dazed, overwhelmed expression on my face said, take your time. I am here, and I am staying for as long as you need me. Take your time. I have thought of her so often. I've thought of her words. Those are foreign in my life and maybe yours. I don't say them to myself for certain. I don't say, take your time. I know I will not forget her. She took her time for me. Maybe taking our time could join growing by looking in shaping our response to all that seems to be going wrong right now. In words of abundance, maybe we could realize a generosity of time and feast our eyes moment to moment on people, 
places, beauty. We could believe there is enough and that our faith's call to love one another is not a mere suggestion for when it is convenient. It is the clarion call of our times that the church can no longer whisper. This, this is a community that can together heal sadness, fill loneliness, model caring and welcome. We can practice here. We can continue to practice here. It's a radical hospitality of acceptance and respect and listening and changing and serving that we can do. Then we can take all of this with us into the world. It can be the thing under the thing for everything we do and say. Come. Come and take your time here. Look with open eyes and hearts here. Bring your children. Bring your friends. And then take a loving resolve with you beyond these walls to the streets, to school, to work, to the grocery store, This is how we live. This is how we are not mean. This is how we outdo one another in showing honor. Truly the only competition, the only race worth having. Thanks be to God.